Welcome to the Connecticut Criminal Law Podcast, brought to you by Ruane Attorneys. The answers you need, the privacy you deserve. Each season tackles a different area of criminal law. Now, to your host, Jay Ruane. Hey there, Jay Ruane here. Once again, we will continue with Attorney Jill Ruane, focusing on juvenile criminal defense in Connecticut. Here she is. Episode 7, Juvenile Rights with Police. Hello, I'm attorney Jill Ruane, and today I will be talking about juveniles and police interactions. This episode is extremely important given the current climate and recent death of George Floyd. Most juveniles do not think about interacting with the police, nor do they think about how they should act in that situation. I hope today's discussion will give you tips and tools on how juveniles should conduct themselves when confronted by a police officer. It is never too early to talk to your kids about encounters with the police and what is expected of them in an age-appropriate way. Let's get started. The Fifth Amendment to the United States Constitution protects all of us against self-incrimination. This means that we do not need to provide any evidence against ourselves, even if asked by police. If your child ever deals with the police, whether it is inside or outside of school, it is important that children know their rights so that they do not incriminate themselves. Anything a juvenile tells the police will be put into the police report and used against them in court. Here are some tips your child should know. Be respectful. Avoid aggressive or condescending behavior. Don't lie. Instead, tell the officer that you won't be answering any questions without your attorney present. Don't try to hide evidence or run away. Do what the officer says. Invoke their right to remain silent and not to say anything incriminating. Do not make any sudden movements. Additionally, you should talk to your kids about school resource officers who are actual police officers stationed in your child's school. Of course, as parents, we take comfort in having a police officer at the school, making sure our kids are safe. But school resource officers are real police officers whose job it is is also to arrest people. School resource officers will often attempt to befriend students to gain their trust and get valuable information. This can be problematic because the student may not realize that in being open and honest with the school resource officer that they are confessing a crime to a police officer who will arrest them. Anyone who has seen the documentary Making a Murderer knows the lengths that police will go to to convince a teenager to confess to a crime. Teens often think that they can talk themselves out of anything, but as adults, we know that this is not the case. Your teen has the right to refuse to answer police questions. If your teen is being investigated for a crime, they have the right to be represented by a lawyer. They should consult with a lawyer before they say anything to the police. Connecticut has several laws that offer protection for juveniles confronted and questioned by the police. If your child is under 16 years old, the police cannot question that child without his or her parent being present, and both the child and parent must be advised of the child's constitutional rights, which are, your child has the right to an attorney. If you are unable to afford an attorney, one will be appointed on your child's behalf. Your child has the right to refuse to make any statements. Any statements that your teenager does make can be used against them in court. However, if the juvenile is either 16 or 17 years old, the police can question, but only after the police reasonably tried to contact the parent and the juvenile signs a waiver of his or her rights. So you can see how the age of the juvenile changes the rights the juvenile is afforded. 
Here, the 16 or 17-year-old has the same constitutional rights as the under 16-year-old. However, the police only have to make reasonable efforts to contact the parent. So you can see how the parent may not be present during an interrogation of a 16 or 17-year-old. Of course, the police are supposed to advise the 16 or 17-year-old that they have the right to have their parent present during the interrogation, but I've seen cases where juveniles just sign the waiver and spill their guts. I think the reason juveniles give statements to the police is out of fear and lack of knowledge. Most juveniles have not had conversations with their parents beforehand, so they don't know what to expect from police encounters, and they don't know how to act. I'm hoping that this episode will help you have these conversations with your child. Of course, if the teen is 18 years or older, they are treated like adults. No attempt to contact you needs to be made by the police before they question an 18 or older individual. These protections only apply if your teenager is prosecuted in juvenile court. They do not apply if your teenager's case is transferred to adult criminal court. But the police do not assume that the case will be transferred, so most police officers follow these laws no matter how serious a crime they are investigating. A principal, teacher, guidance counselor, or other school official can question your teenager about suspected criminal conduct. Anything your teenager says in response can be repeated to the police and used against them in court. Now let's switch gears a little and talk about teen drivers. Driving presents one of the most common situations where a teenager will interact with the police. Here's what a teenager should do if their car is stopped by the police. One, give the police their license car registration, and insurance card. The police have the ability to inspect these documents to learn your teenager's identity and to make sure that they are driving a car that complies with Connecticut's driving requirements. Two, do not agree to let the police search the car. Your teen enjoys a right of privacy when they are in their vehicle. Subject to a very limited exceptions, the police need a search warrant signed by a judge to search the car. Although it is hard to do in the moment, your teenager should not agree to let the police search the car. It is important to understand that if a driver agrees to a police search, then the police do not need a warrant. Three, do not answer questions about talking or texting with a cell phone, drinking alcohol, smoking weed, etc. For teenagers, these activities are strictly against the law. Hopefully, your teenager will not partake in these illegal activities. Regardless of whether they are guilty or not, your teen has the same right to remain silent that you possess. They should use it. They need to tell the police officer that they are not going to answer those questions without a lawyer, and they should ask the police officer to call you immediately. If the police ask your teenager to step out of the car, they must obey. Depending on the reason for the stop, the police officer can ask drivers to exit their cars for further questioning. Your teenager should comply with this order. If they do not, the police officer will surely arrest them and make, may resort to the use of force to make your teenager comply. 5. Do not consent to perform any physical coordination tests. If the police suspect that a driver is operating under the influence of alcohol or drugs, they can ask the driver to perform several physical coordination tests to ensure that the driver is safe to continue driving. In, actual, in actuality, These tests are highly subjective, and the police officer's conclusions about the driver's performance is often used by prosecutors as strong evidence of guilt. Your teenager should refuse to perform these tests. 6. Do not consent to perform a breath test. 
For the same reason, if the police request that your teenager perform a breath test, they are doing so to create evidence against your teen. Your teenager should not perform a breath test. 7. Use their cell phone to record the interaction if possible. Your teenager should try to record their conversations with the police officer or have their friends do so. It will provide a valuable record of what actually happened. Otherwise, the police officer's official version is all the prosecutor will rely on. Again, they should only do this if it is possible to do so safely. 8. Never run away and show their hands at all times. This is really important. Tell your teenager that they should never drive away or run away from a police officer, even if they know that they are going to get in trouble. When you run away from the police, the situation worsens. The police officer will will respond with force. Also, while they are seated in the car, your teenager should try to make sure that the police officer can see their hands at all times. When police cannot see a person's hands, they might think that the person is holding a weapon. Your teenager wants to let the police know that they are not a problem and they are not armed. Displaying empty hands is one of the best ways to accomplish this. I tell my clients to keep their hands on the wheel unless they get permission from the officer to remove such hands. 9. Do not make any recorded statements. Inform your teenager not to make any statements to the police about their conduct. Teenagers can sometimes think that they can talk their way out of their problems. This is not the case in dealing with police. When they talk to the police, they will just be giving the police officer more evidence to use against them in court. Your teenager has the right to remain silent and they should assert this powerful right. And 10, immediately request an attorney. Any interactions between your teenage driver and police can turn out badly. Inform your teenager that they should request an attorney to protect them. Make sure the officer can always see the the teen's hands. This is critical, and I cannot stress this enough. You should let your child know that the following tip could be the difference between life and death. If an officer feels threatened in any way, even if ultimately mistaken, that officer will make decisions based on that perceived threat, and that could irreparably harm your child and could even result in your child's death. Your talks about the police should not be one isolated event, but an ongoing discussion. Having an open and honest discussion can make a difference if your child ever finds themselves in a compromising situation. If you or your teenager has any questions or needs legal representation, please contact me. I am always here to help. I hope you enjoyed this talk about juveniles and police encounters. Please tune in next time where I will discuss common types of juvenile cases that I've seen throughout the years. Again, this is attorney Jill Ruane. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Criminal Law Podcast. For more information or to get a free consultation for your criminal law questions, visit us at ruaneattorneys.com or call or text 203-925-9200.